1: I sure do. And we've got a show today that's going to explain to you everything you always wanted to know about the afterlife by the medium Hollister Rand. Do you have questions? Wouldn't you like to know? Well, Hollister Rand has written the book, Everything You Wanted to Know About the Afterlife But We're Afraid to Ask. And she asks and answers all those questions in her book. So today we're going to get some of those answers from Hollister. Stay right here for it all. So, Hollister, welcome to the Authentic Living Show. Thank you so much for being here.
2: Well, I'm delighted to be here, and I love that the title of your show is Authentic Living because, number one, those we love are indeed living, and when they provide evidential proof of life after death, they are showing us that they are indeed authentic.
1: Wow. And that's, that's kind of how your experience has been, isn't it? it? It authenticates your own experience as it's authenticating their lives.
2: Exactly. I mean, when I was young, I thought everybody was as connected to the spirits as I am. And I found that that wasn't the case. And then I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm different And I really didn't want to be different, but now I celebrate the fact that I've developed these sensitivities over the years, and I've also shown other people how to be connected with their loved ones in spirit.
1: Yeah. Well, that's a beautiful gift, and we're so glad you have it, and so glad you've come today to talk to us about it. So tell me what made you decide to write this particular book. Well, the first book
2: I I wrote, um, I'm Not Dead, I'm Different, I thought would answer all of the questions that I get asked frequently by people. So at the end of each chapter of that book, I answered questions, and I thought, good, now that will settle the matter so that when I'm doing events... I won't get asked the same questions over and over and over again. People will have a reference book. But what started happening was people had more questions, different questions, bigger questions. And I thought, oh, my goodness, people really want to know more about afterlife, more about angels, more about guides, more about loved ones. So that's what prompted the book.
1: Okay, well, I'm glad you answered all those questions. Now, we'll see what happens now. If you'll get even more questions, that'll be interesting. Yeah, I mean, it
2: seems to be a never-ending subject. Just when I think there's the last word on the subject, the spirits show us something more. And I think that's partly because as we become more attuned and as we open our hearts to those we love in spirit, we are able to understand more we are able to be shown more so i don't think there's any final word to be said i think that this is a growing process a growing awakening
1: yeah i think you're right i think we're uh, we're in the process even though there's a lot of difficulty right now i think we're in a process of awakening that's really profound so we'll see yes, how that turns I, out you
2: know I have spoken to so many people during these last two years and so much sudden passing and people losing parents, children, aunts, uncles, caretakers, it's really been quite something to be here during this time. And I have to say, when I was reading the book, um, I was asked by the publisher, would you be willing to read the book? And I said, sure, I'll I'll read it for listeners. And just as I was about to record, all the recording studios shut down. So I had to record the book in my closet, speaking into my t-shirts for (laughs) buffering. Um, And I got to the question about angels and guides, and I read a line which said, I am seeing angels with ever-increasing frequency. This may be due to a threat to life on our planet. Hmm. I don't even remember writing those words, because, of course, the book gets written, you know, a bit of time before it's actually published. And when I read those words, it stunned me. And I realized, wow, they were already here helping us and preparing us for this time. We have not been alone, and we are not
1: alone. That's good news. That's very good news. Okay, well let's get to some of the questions in the book. So you said in the book that one of the, I think one of the most important questions that you probably get asked so you said in the book that spirits tell us that it's lo- what it's like in the afterlife. so what have you learned from spirits about their lives in the spirit world and the place that we call the afterlife?
2: Well the afterlife goes by many names. some people call it heaven, some people call it Summerland, um, Nirvana. I mean there are a whole bunch of names for that space, or place, or state of being beyond death. And so what I would say about the afterlife is it is like the last person in spirit I've spoken to. So each spirit I speak with has a different version of afterlife, but there are some things that remain the same. You know, there are spirits that I will see dancing. So you might think, oh, my goodness, there are dance halls in the afterlife. Some are playing cards. Oh, my goodness, is there gambling? What's going on? Some are walking through flowers and, you know, and beautiful botanical gardens. So maybe it's just like the Huntington Library and Gardens. You know, what? what is going on here with afterlife? Well, it's very personal, but it's also extremely expansive. So what I would say is I work at the frequency of divine love. So at that frequency where I connect with the spirits, they come in love, they live in love, that's where they are at. And at that frequency, there's been change for their soul. So if someone had a difficult time here on the earth plane, Um, In love, that person can change, can grow, and meet us in a different place, a place of sorrow and forgiveness. So Mm. that is one of the things about afterlife, is it's an opportunity to see how we have affected those and wounded those we've loved and other people as well, and how to change and shift the energy on the earth because
1: of it. Wow, that's beautiful. So, okay, I know you probably get this question a lot. What, what is mediumship exactly, and what is it like for you? Well, there's a lot of confusion around
2: mediumship and being a psychic. And many people say, I'm a psychic medium. Well, you know, what does that mean, and why are we confused? And there's a reason why we're confused. So I think of it this way. Psychics pick up, or you can say, read the energy around people, places, and things here on the earth plane. And psychics will pick things up either, you know, they'll hear things, they'll see things, they'll feel things, they'll smell things, and, you know, and put together a picture um, and get information about what might be showing up down the road, that kind of thing. A medium connects with spirits and so information doesn't come from people and places here on the earth plane but the information is provided by those who are no longer living on the earth plane but that information may be received verbally, it may be received through sight Um, So the way we receive information from spirits and the way a psychic will receive information on the earth plane can seem very much the same, hence the confusion. Uh, But as a medium, I connect with those in spirit and everything that's provided is from their perspective. Not my own, I might add.
1: Yeah. So you're really just trying to communicate whatever it is they communicate to you.
2: Yes. That's that's exactly the case. So I am, you know, sometimes the spirits will highlight things, you know, the energy of people that I'm speaking with and point something out. Um, but that is because the spirits see our energy. They don't see us as we see each other through eyes. They don't have physical eyes. So it's all via energy. So that's okay. the good news. I mean, in the spirits, quote, eyes, You're never going to age a day.
1: Okay. I like that. (laughs) Yeah, we'll be eternally young. Yeah. Well, I noticed that in dreams where I have what I call a visitation, the person is always a lot younger.
2: Yes, that's, that's an important... So that's something else to mention here is when I'm speaking with a spirit, they may first appear as the person... Um, that would be remembered. So if they died at a certain age, they may show me that. They may give me their death condition. And then all of a sudden I'm speaking to the same spirit and they look, you know, like they're 30 years old. What on earth? So um we are able to project ourselves at the time when we felt most empowered or the happiest time of our lives. that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah so you you mentioned that you can see or you can hear what what is the typical way that and you mentioned also in the book that you sometimes see things like brackets so what what how do they typically communicate with you Well, it depends
2: um, as a medium i've worked very hard to develop all of my senses. Um, think about it this way, we all have a dominant sense here on the earth plane, a way that we interact with the world. Um, But some people aren't, let's say, very verbal. They don't talk a lot or they feel very deeply. So as a medium, if I'm depending only on my clear audience, the ability to hear spirits, I could miss a lot of information if being provided by a person who felt things very deeply, you know, deeply, but didn't say a lot. So as a medium, a spirit like that, I would feel more with that spirit. I would get a lot of feelings and fewer words. Now, things like brackets and other symbols, um, because the spirits will show me, you know, signs. Like if I see a mug, a steaming mug, I know the spirit loved coffee. Um, If I see a hand bringing like a beer stein to the mouth, I know I have someone who loved beer. So I have a shorthand that has developed over years. If the spirits show me something, I know what they mean. By that so that's kind of a language that is developed over time and when I teach students how to work with spirits I help them to develop their own um, lexicon with the spirits because it's going to be different for other people we all have our own experiences and so the symbols for you might be different for the symbols for me but spirit wants to communicate and they will develop that lexicon with each of us
1: yeah okay so they'll work with you to develop a lexicon that both of you understand. Exactly.
2: So there's, there's no set way that it has to be. So when I teach, I'm very careful about that. We're allowing the student and the participant in a workshop to develop their own connections, not according to the way I think it should be because it works for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, do you get tired after a typical session with a sitter? Um, Sometimes it depends
2: on the intensity of the energy, um, because there are times when holding the frequency of divine love can be challenging if there is a lot going on in the sitter's life. If there's tremendous, tremendous grief, that can be a, a tough energy to work with. So to make sure I'm always at my best and able to hit that frequency, I limit how many sessions I do in a day, in a week, you know, in a month. I'm very, very careful of my energy. And I teach this to students as well, that much of mediumship is energy management.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so, so after all, what do we gain by talking to a medium? Well, it depends.
2: People come in with different needs, let's say. So I like to think of it as the uh, Rolling Stones song. You can't always get what you want, but you get what you need. So that's one of the reasons why I go to the spirits and get information from them rather than have people come to me and ask me questions about their life or their loved one or this is what, you know, I want to know about I like the spirits to set the agenda because it's always a better agenda. Um, So in some ways, I can't answer that question. What I would say is someone coming to the medium, the best option that you have is connection to spirit. Unfortunately, what I can't do as a medium is give you physically the person you miss. And that is a limitation. We cannot... We cannot manifest physically the one that you miss physically, but we can start a dialogue that death seemingly ended.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so it sounds like that maybe what happens through the mediumship is that not only does the person get to hear from the spirit who's a loved one, but also that they might begin to accept the death a little bit better. Well, it could be. I mean, grief is its own process. Yes.
2: And um, I had a a session with a woman who had recently lost her son in very, very difficult circumstances. And, And she was very, very emotionally distraught and said, I can't understand this. This doesn't make sense to me. I can't understand this and i sat with her and said there is not a reason good enough for you to have lost your son mm-hmm. i can't give you that 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 answer and i realized that when a young man who had passed with suicide gave me that piece of information when his mother asked him why did you do it and he said would there be any reason good enough mm-hmm. And so understanding death is very different from making peace with it and continuing to love someone despite their death or how they may have died or even the part we think we've played in it in some way and coming to peace with it and reconnecting with that spirit in a new way. So that's what I would say is I'm a reconnector. I'm the one who comes and puts the pieces together together. After death has shattered a relationship.
1: Yeah, beautiful. Well, uh, we don't have much time before the break, but I wanted to quickly ask you how the spirits feel about the method used to deal with the dead body. I mean, some there's a lot of talk these days about cremation and burial, and whether or not one of them is bad, wor- worse than the other. So, just briefly, over the next maybe thirty seconds or so, can you tell me do they prefer one to the other?
2: I can be very brief. It is a non-issue for the spirit.
1: Okay. 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 Yeah, so they just really don't care.
2: Yeah, it's really much more about what do those left behind need? Uh, What is it that they need to come to terms with the death?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That is much more for us. Okay. All right. That's good to know. I think, you know, when we start talking about one of them being more bad than the other one, it's it's a a moot point to the person who's deceased. That's good to know. Okay. Well, we're going to take a break right now, and we'll be back in just a few minutes with more from Hollister Rand about everything you wanted to know about the afterlife. So stay right here. We'll be right back.
0: your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Broaden your mind. Open your heart for a greater understanding of how to express your pure and authentic nature. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. simron author, publisher, and life mentor, broadens minds and opens hearts to a greater understanding of life, consciousness, and humanity. 1111 Talk Radio is every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 1111 Talk Radio. You are not on a journey. You are the journey. You are experience experiencing itself. On Living Strong, the flip side of adversity, Dr. Veerdra Jackson presents stories and powerful guest experts from business, health, relationships, and faith. Every story has its flip side, and we are here to delve into the story and challenge you to view what has kept you in a singular mindset and turn it into the flip side. When you can effectively do that, you'll experience necessary growth. Tune in live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You have the power to be stronger, live
1: fearlessly, and enjoy the benefits of a great life. Listen for Fearlessly
2: Authentic with host Jody Harrison-Bauer. Jodi has proven at an age when many start to slow down that she is just getting started. With two grown daughters, a successful business that she started at 50, a finalist in the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Issue, and a two-time World Bikini Champion, she's ready to take you to the next level in your life. Fearlessly Authentic airs Thursdays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment.
0: Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now toll-free, 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews.
1: And we're back talking today to Hollister Rand about her latest book, Everything You Wanted to Know About the Afterlife, but we're afraid to ask. And we're asking and we're getting some really good answers today, so you want to stay right here. So let me just jump right in there and ask one of the questions I'm sure you get a lot. What about romantic life or sex in the afterlife? Yeah, you
2: know, I have to laugh. Whenever anyone stands up in a group and says, you know, what about romance in the afterlife? I know what they're really asking is, is there sex in the afterlife? Right. So this is a G-rated program, um, but (laughs) I will answer this as best as I can. Um, In the afterlife, there is love. It is the all-encompassing whole love. It isn't split up into filial love, you know, friendship. It isn't fractured in the way that we, ex- the way that we experience it here on the earth plane. Um, so when we are in afterlife, we are in love. And we are in love with all other spirits vibrating at that frequency. And so we can be in that space of love and connection because there is not a body that separates us one to another. There is no need to procreate you know, it's not like spirits are having sex and giving birth to little spirits. Although, you know, every once in a while, I wonder, we have so many more people here on the planet, you know, right now that, that I don't know. Uh, maybe there are, there certainly are baby spirits because I have connected with those that have been lost through abortion and, um, and miscarriage. But there is no need to procreate in afterlife. So therefore, the function of sex does not exist. The physical function, the need for survival, physical survival on the planet. But the connection that we require as individuals and as spirits, as people, as part of a whole, that connection does stand at the frequency of love.
1: Okay. Okay. I hope
2: that answered it.
1: Yeah, so the answer is no, there's not really sex in the afterlife, but yes, there is a deep and abiding connection to others. That's spirits. exactly right. And okay. so I have yet to hear a spirit
2: say, I miss sex. Okay. Not one has ever said that. Yeah. So it's, it's a non-issue. It is not brought up.
1: Okay. Okay. It's not necessary. Yep. Not necessary. Okay. So on that same kind of wavelength, uh, I know you asked somebody, you asked and answered the question in the book about uh, transgendered folks. Had you ever talked to somebody that was transgendered? I'm going to expand that to include GLBTQ people in the afterlife. Have you communicated with GLBTQ people in the afterlife? And if so, what have you learned about their status? Well, It's not quite like a
2: Facebook page where you can, you know, put your status and that kind of thing. When you're working with energy um, and you're also working with clairvoyance where you see, there can, the first thing as a medium is you do not make assumptions. If you are connecting energetically, you can have someone who was a male on the earth plane, but energetically, they feel feminine in that there's a receptive energy and, um, and that kind of thing, whereas male energy can feel very projective. Um, so the energy can be very different male to female, and it has nothing to do with uh, the physical body the person was in here on the earth plane. So that's the first thing, and that's a big issue with mediums starting out. Um, is that they will be speaking with a spirit, not seeing the spirit, but feeling the spirit. And it may feel, the spirit may feel like a female, but it is actually a male, or may feel like a, a, you know, a male, but it's actually a female. So in situations like that, I always say, look, let's get five pieces of evidential information about this person. Do not base anything on one piece. Feels like a male, feels like a female. Okay, that, and very often people will say, oh yes, very, very sensitive. My son was extremely sensitive. Um, and, and may even say, yes, he, he was gay here on this earth plane. So, gender, sexuality, all of that, if you're dealing with feeling, and even if you're dealing with sight. So, if a spirit shows him or herself, and this has happened to me um, when I've spoken with transgender uh, spirits. So, um, I once got a name of a spirit, and I said, there is a person of this name, and this is a female. No, I don't have a daughter, says the woman. I thought, well, I don't know who this spirit belongs to. Well, it turns out that the spirit, then all of a sudden I saw a young man, turns out that the spirit had been born male, but transitioned and died female, but the mother had not come to terms with it. Right. And so we were dealing, in a sense, with a double loss She was dealing with the son she had lost and the daughter she lost. And this spirit was able to show up as both, the male and the female, and deal with the double loss and say, Mom, it's me. Wow. So in that sense, the connection was made because that is what stands for all time is the love and the connection, the soul and the spirit, not the physical. I'm sorry, I'm getting emotional because it is emotional. These are really heart-wrenching things for people. Absolutely. And so I am just so grateful that I can be part of the connection and part of the healing because that wound was a wound that, that happened even before this daughter had passed. Yeah. So there was an incredible healing. And I have spoken with, and you know, I've been doing this for, gosh, now it's getting close to 30 years. But I remember at the beginning of my time, 30 years ago, working as a medium, speaking with fathers in spirit who had thrown their sons out of the house because their sons were gay. And then speaking with these fathers who now are reconnecting with their sons and asking for forgiveness. Yeah. And having relationships restored and understanding. I mean, it's been mind-blowing, this journey, over the last 30 or so years. Yeah. But it comes down to one thing. It is love. It is healing. It is forgiveness. It is awareness. It is letting go of the beliefs we have around what someone else must be. And I got to tell you, I understand that myself being a medium as a child. It was not an acceptable thing. So I understand what it is to be other than and to deal with the pain of that isolation and having to hide part of yourself. And maybe that's why I get emotional around this. Mm-hmm. Because with spirit at the frequency of love, there's no more hiding.
1: Yeah. And so you talk so much in the book about divine love being such a part of this whole process and and uh, and that you are vibrating at the level of divine love. And you see these spirits reach out to people at the level of divine love. And so that whole judgment thing, that whole thing that all gay people are going to hell is just... Not true. Yeah, that is
2: not what I have been shown. Yep. Um, so I match myself to the frequency of divine love. And that's where the spirits show up. You know, I used to do ghost busting when I was younger. And it was really kind of a nasty business. You know, I met some really not nice spirits. That even affected me physically. And I remember thinking one day, you know what, this is like workplace harassment. You know, mm-hmm. I just, I really only want to deal with the nice people in the universe. I've had it. So I really started exploring what would that look like? You know, how do I, how do I trade in my ghost busting equipment? Um, and, and just be willing to go see a movie about it, um, rather than live it. And so I really love what I do now. Um, And I know the difference when I connect at the frequency of divine love. It is profound and it is very different. And it's expanded. It's a place where there is no judgment. And as I will say to my, my students and people who study with me, wherever you have personal judgment spirits will not be able to come to you. You know, let's say you can't stand people who dress in plaid. You just can't stand it. The pattern drives you nuts. If you have an issue with plaid, do you think any plaid-wearing spirit is going to come and say hello to you? So as a medium, working very hard to let go of our own assumptions, our own prejudices, healing anything within ourselves, that would stand between us and another. That's extremely important. That's the spiritual side of being a medium. It doesn't come with the territory. If you want to be spiritual and also be a medium, because being a medium is a talent. It's like any other. It's like being a singer, a dancer. You're born with a certain level of talent. You can develop that talent and become really good at what you do. But there's also another part of this, which is if you want to grow yourself spiritually, there are things that can be very helpful. And one of those is releasing personal judgments.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It helps in all kinds of fields and ways. So since you brought up ghosts, let me ask you, what's the difference between a ghost and a spirit?
2: Well, in the book, I sort of lay it out pretty clearly. And... um, Ghosts, to my way of thinking, are those who have passed who are just not moving forward. They're not releasing um, ties to the physical world. They don't think they're done. And so hauntings, the idea of, this is my house, what are you doing here? Um, That kind of thing. Ghosts try to own a place here on the earth plane and make it theirs. Spirits are not attached any longer to the physical and even their own, the objects that they owned, other than they may want loved ones to have certain pieces of jewelry because it holds their vibration and it can help with connection. But it's not a place of ownership. It's a place of connection. So that, I would say, is the primary difference between a ghost and a spirit. One is, mine, 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 mine. And the other is, ours, ours. how do we move forward together?
1: Okay. Okay, that makes sense. So what happens to people who commit suicide? Mm-hmm.
2: Well, the good news is about that is they are not separated from the people they love for eternity because of the way they have died. Um, When I first started doing mediumship in a real way, I tried to make a deal with the spirits. You know what? I just don't want to talk to children. I don't want to deal with parents who have lost children. And I don't want to deal especially with parents who have lost children due to suicide. And the reason I was trying to strike that deal Um, was because I had lost my own cousin, Tommy, at the age of 19 due to suicide in a very public way on the eve of a very important holiday. Mm -hmm. So it was devastating to our family. And it was something that I felt personally I couldn't deal with. So what ended up happening was in one week, I had five parents who had lost children, not just lost children, but had their children died as a direct result of an accident that had something to do with them. So they had a hand in the passing of their child. Mm -hmm. Five in one week, I thought, what on earth? And then I kept getting teenagers, young people who had passed with suicide. I thought, what is going on here? And I realized, oh my goodness. I am being asked to heal myself. I am being asked to come to terms with Tommy's death in a way that I can bring healing to others. You know, it's kind of that judgment thing I was talking about earlier. Um, So I couldn't strike that deal with the spirits. And what I've learned from those who have died from suicide is they seem to be... The ones who want to step up the most quickly and say, hey, I'm here. Because suicide seems to be a conversation ender. You know, it's kind of like, I don't want to talk to you. I want nothing to do with you. I'm done speaking. I'm done living. I'm done. That seems to be the message. But at the frequency of love, when these spirits are held in the love, that divine love and the love of other spirits, and they pass feeling the love of everyone who loved them, even if they couldn't accept it when they were here on the earth plane. All of a sudden, in love, they can heal. And in that space, they can communicate with those they've left behind. You know, the idea of unconditional love, what is that? We talk about that a lot. Well, where I have seen it, is those who have lost someone to suicide and love them through it anyway? Yeah, that is an incredible expression of unconditional love.
1: Yeah, and it sounds like there's that same kind of unconditionality to the to the survivor. Well, I won't say the person who's still alive in spirit that committed suicide. Yes
2: there's a real coming to terms with things. I remember I had a young man say to his mother when I got here, meaning after life. Your love was like a gift I could open here. Wow. And he had said earlier in the session, had given me the feeling that people loved him. He heard the words. His mother was always there for him, but he he could not feel love. It was almost as though his receptors were turned off somehow mm-hmm. here on this mm-hmm. earth plane. He didn't trust love. He never really quite believed it. He didn't think he was lovable. So that's something I would say is that every love, that, everything we've expressed in love, those in spirit have that love. That is one thing that survives death. It's not wow. left behind here on the earth.
1: That's beautiful. That's beautiful. All right. Well, we're going to take another break right now. And we're going to be back with Hollister Rand, author of Everything You Wanted to Know About the Afterlife, But We're Afraid to Ask. So stay tuned for more. We'll be right back.
0: It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Are you feeling unhealthy, overweight, stressed, or generally tired? Have you lost your motivation? And has life gotten you down? Beth Shaw and her guest experts are here to help you and all of America get healthy. Listen to Make America Healthy and gain valuable tools to reclaim your physical, mental, and emotional health make america healthy wednesdays at 2 p.m pacific time on the voice america empowerment channel
2: do you dream about success but wonder how to get there hillary de Caesar and her guests will reveal how they relaunched into lives they only dreamt
1: about their stories will inspire and surprise you and ignite your inner sparks the relaunch thursdays at 11 a.m pacific time on the voice
0: america empowerment channel
3: Seeing beyond living transformed is a spiritual crossing of the threshold to the world of being a truly expanded human being. Join mediums Cheryl and Kelly for conversations about discovering deep spirituality, developing your intuitive and empathic skills and personal mediumship. Each episode will focus on tips, tools and techniques to help you understand and expand your own inner gifts and life journey. You can call in each week to receive spiritual guidance, personal readings, and we'll answer your questions. We'll talk with luminary experts on meditations, the afterlife, energy healing, past lives, and much more. Join our Seeing Beyond spiritual community to learn more about expanding your mind, body, and soul. And have fun on your journey to empowered transformation.
0: Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now toll-free 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andrea.matthews.com. Now back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews.
1: And we're back talking today to Hollister Rand, author of Everything You Wanted to Know About the Afterlife, and we're but we're afraid to ask. And we uh, we have some more questions to ask now, so we can get to. Uh, more answers that we've always wanted to know, but we're afraid to ask. So uh, is there a period of time, Hollister, when the spirits are trying to learn how to connect with us on the physical plane? Well, I used to think
2: so. And this is an example of the medium learning new things. So when I first started out uh, speaking with spirits, there was the idea of a three to six month waiting period before trying to put people in touch with their loved ones. So there was this idea of they have to recover on the other side and all of that. Well, over time, what started to happen was that spirits were showing up really, really quickly. Um, and I was doing an event on a Friday night and or a Saturday night, and the person had died on the Friday night, the night before. And I thought, well, that's intriguing. That's new. That was very, you know, there's no time lapse, really. And then I was doing a spirit circle, and a mother in spirit showed up for her daughters who came to a group event, and she had died that morning. But they had already bought their tickets, so they decided to come to the event, and she showed up talking about, of all things, the funeral, because the sisters had a disagreement. Um, One sister said, mom doesn't want a funeral. The other sister said, dad wants a funeral. And what mom said, this was the reason she felt she had to show up. She said, have the funeral for your father. He needs it. Don't worry about me. So what has started happening is that spirits do show up sometimes very quickly after dying and people are having their own experiences. So I will hear from clients. I went to bed that night, woke up at three o'clock in the morning, saw him at the foot of my bed and got a text in the morning that he had died at three o'clock in the, you know, in the middle of the night. So people are having their own experiences of seeing people as they're dying, just as they've died right after they've died. So, what I think explains this, and I could be wrong, but I think this explains it. As we have become more accepting of spirit communication, as we become more open to it, it allows more entree to the spirits to show up immediately, even in our grief, to help us move through it.
1: Yeah, I, just, I do agree that there is an awakening happening about all of that. It is true. So I have another question. Uh, I'm not sure this was in this book, but it might have been in the other book that you wrote about children. Uh, Do babies that die uh, continue to grow in the afterlife? They can.
2: And some of that depends. uh, You know, their, their spirit always continues to grow because growth and change is kind of the given of this whole universe. Um, but what I have seen with parents who have lost children is that in spirit, the children can keep pace with their siblings. And I do think that is because they are included in family gatherings and get-together. So I had a client um, who would celebrate her child's birthday I forget how old her child was um, at death, but let's say three or four. But she celebrated her child's birthday every year. And so when I saw the child, she was like 12 or 13. And, And I said, and June is an important month. So I feel like this is a birthday month. And she said, yes, she will be 13 this month. And we're having a party. So the spirits will often reflect to us our energy and connection and our continued connection with them and keep pace with that. So uh, I will have older brothers who are spirits talk to their younger siblings and say, you're now older than than I was, but I'm still watching over you. I'm still your older brother. So it's interesting how things may change with age, but the relationship remains fundamental. The connection remains fundamental.
1: Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that answer. So, what is the difference between a guide and an angel? Well, angels
2: are actual beings, the messenger of God, and some of them are quite well known. So, there's even a hierarchy that has been ascertained over eons. Um, And with the interest of angels on this earth plane, um, people have given them much presence here on the earth. So, there is interaction with angels in a spiritual, non-religious way, as well as a religious way. So um, the angels will often provide protection, messages from the divine. Guides, on the other hand, tend to be more specific, less general in a way. So you may have a guide that will help you with your career, You may have a guide to protect you. So angels and guides can both protect. They may not be able to intervene and prevent death because we are all going to die. But there can be the idea of guidance with a guide. So moving us, and I'll give you an example. I was on the freeway and I saw a car and I thought, wow, there's going to be an accident and that car is going to be in it. And I looked to my right, and I saw a, a glowing energy in the car next to me. And, and I thought, oh, my goodness, okay, I'm being given this information. And I slowed down, changed lanes, and sure enough, there was an accident. Um, so I was given the heads up, but it wasn't just to protect me. It was to pray, call in the spirits for the other person, the people involved with the accident, you know, the whole, the whole thing. And I realized, wow, I am standing in that space between life and death. That's, that's kind of, that's my wheelhouse mm-hmm. is in that place of transition. Um, so the guides will often show up there. Now, what I've also started to see, and this is kind of interesting, when I'm speaking with a loved one in spirit, and I've got their, um, their person on Zoom. So I'm talking with a, with a person on Zoom, and I'm looking, and I see their loved one in spirit. I will then see a guide move in, a guide energy, and there's a connection between the guide and the loved one in spirit, and then the loved one in spirit will give me information. And I thought, wow, what is this? Because that was kind of a new thing. And I realized what's going on is that those who do not know their guides or develop relationship with their guides, they're not going to accept information from someone they don't know. But they will accept information from someone they do know, including a loved one in spirit. So guides and our loved ones work together. The spirit world is very, very collaborative. So um, sometimes the nature of the messages are one of the ways that you know where they're coming from.
1: Yeah, okay. So can spirits help change our destiny? Well, destiny is a very
2: interesting thing, Um, and I've thought a lot about this. Um, When I think of destiny and where the spirits bring in the idea of destiny. Often, we call destiny the thing that we don't think we can change. And when I work with the spirits, we live in a world of change. So I've let go of kind of a locked down version of destiny and considered an option, which is purpose. So rather than destiny, it's out of my hands, I can't help it, there's nothing that I can change, taking a look at purpose. And the reason that I do that is because I have communicated with the spirits for so long that the very things that we think are karmic or destiny are often unhealed generational wounds that are acting in our lives and have agency in our lives because we have allowed it to be so. So in changing and healing and releasing, in that sense, we can live purpose, which is empowering rather than destiny, which can be disempowering.
1: Yeah, so, so, but the spirits do help us make those, make significant, or maybe even our guides can help us make significant sort of... Uh, Absolutely, yeah,
2: and one of the ways you can be sure that spirit is working in your life, rather, you know, if, if the heavens don't open up and doves don't come flying down and all of that, one of the ways you know you are connected and being guided is through synchronicity. That's what, I'm a medium, and, and I live in the world of synchronicity all the time. That's how I know I'm connected with my own guides as well. I'm not always hearing them speaking in my ear. But when I see things show up in my life that, you know, you scratch your head and you go, what are the odds of that? Um, those moments of synchronicity, things that wouldn't have any meaning but linked together show a pattern or a pathway, um, then you know that spirit is helping to guide you.
1: Okay. All right. Uh, And uh, this is a, a short answer just before we have to end the show, but can we escape our karma?
2: Yes, I believe so. The idea of transmuting karma, releasing karma... I do not believe we are locked in, and that's one of the gifts of mediumship in the way that I work with it at the frequency of divine love. It is about change in love. It is about letting go of what no longer serves us so that we can live in connection with ourselves, each other, and live in love.
1: Beautiful, beautiful. Well, I could ask a million more questions, and I could spend hours and hours talking to you. This has been lovely. But I'm afraid we're going to have to end the show now. <laughs> so uh, we will maybe have you on another time. Hollister, you've been a wonderful guest, and I really appreciate you being here. And uh, so thank you for taking your time and energy to, to answer some of our questions today. And I want to recommend to the reading, listening audience to please go buy this book, Everything You Wanted to Know About the Afterlife. But we're afraid to ask. It is a wonderful book, a page turner. You will not be able to put it down. So we're going to be back again next week with more from the Authentic Living Show. So stay tuned for that. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself.
0: Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll talk again next week.